Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. Good morning. So here we are in Riley Park, uh, and we're recording this in the shade on a day that's going to be 30 degrees. And I'm choosing this place to do this conversation because this is a battlefield of sorts. If you look around, uh, which I can't really show you, there's a soccer game over there. There's kids swimming over here. Uh, sometimes I come and watch the cricket games and I'm still trying to figure out that game. Uh, but we're entering into the arena for today's conversation as uh, this series is called Biblical Reruns. You know, one of my favorite stories is David and Goliath. It takes me back to a basement at Trinity United Church in Ottawa in the 60s. Uh, I remember the, you remember the uh, old projectors that had the two big wheels and they spun around and you watched black and white. I remember seeing the first time I was introduced to David and Goliath. And that story is an epic story. It's a biblical story, of course, but if I wandered over to the coffee shops and asked anybody about David and Goliath, they know the story. If you talk to people on your sports teams, they know all about it. Uh, even people at your workplace will know about David and Goliath. They might not know it's a biblical story, but they know that story. David and Goliath is a story of our culture. Uh, it's a phrase we all get. It's a story about uh, a little guy up against a giant and the, the, victor, uh, the victory of David against Goliath. Malcolm Gladwell has done, written a book called uh, David and Goliath, Underdogs, Misfits, and the Art of Defeating Giants. I did a sermon on this in 2014 when that book came out. I've seen a TED talk he does for 15 minutes, which will be probably better than this sermon. Uh, but a lot, of the, a lot of the meat for this conversation about understanding David and Goliath comes from Malcolm Gladwell's book. He invites us into this story by inviting us to understand that uh, these underdogs and our desire to cheer them on is a natural thing. And isn't it true in our in our sporting world, when we watch the team that wasn't going to make it to the finals is in the final. Uh, when we see uh, a lone person against uh, a major, major corporation or uh, a person standing up against all odds and they win. There's something about the human nature uh, call of this that, that tweaks us. I wonder if it's because in some ways we all see ourselves in some ways as an underdog. I do. Uh, I know there's times when I've thought, there's no way I can do this, and I step into it, and I'm surprised. So this story, David and Goliath, is, is really good, and Gladwell talks about how there's what, what seems to be uh, your advantage turns out to be your disadvantage. When he looks at uh, Goliath, you know, you see this guy who's six foot nine uh, coming against a little shepherd boy. But the geography matters. He talks about Israel as the God of Eastern Plains and there's mountains and the Philistines were there. And they were uh, the enemy of the people of Israel who were on the other mountain range. And the idea was uh, the Philistines called out to the people of Israel, send us one person to do one-on-one -on -one combat and whoever wins will become the slave. Uh, the, other, the loser will be the slave of the other. And so in those days, they had this thing called one-on-one -on -one combat. Instead of all the armies crashing into each other and duking it out, each would send one person and whoever represented that particular army, whoever won, was the victor and the other the loser. So the Philistines call out David, six foot nine, giant, 
He comes with a sword and a javelin uh, and a spear. And he's a lumbering guy, big, big guy. And he's actually helped down into the valley uh, to meet David. Now, David has uh, decided that he wants to be the one that goes into this battle because King Saul says, uh, there's no way you can do this. And, and David goes, you know what? I've taken down lions and bears. I can do this. Uh, and so he, Saul puts on the armor on David and David's got, this is not going to work. Way too clunky. Way, I, I'm not agile. I can't do my work. I just need to go me with my five smooth stones. Um, he says, I, I can do it. And so Saul kind of goes, okay, well, you're in it. So you've got, you got, uh, David coming down with five smooth stones, a young boy up against the big giant, uh, Goliath, who's helped down, they say, with an attendant. Someone's helping him to walk. That's kind of odd. Uh, they say that he might have had an eye problem called, uh, acro uh, what's it called? Hang on one sec. It's called acromedlia, which is kind of this blurry vision. When you're that big and you're um, sort of out of, out of sorts, there's this double vision happening. So here he is, invited down into the valley, got a helper, can't quite see. Uh, he begs David to come forward, says, hey, come close. David's smart. He goes, no, I'm not going to come close. And so from a distance, he bends down and picks up his stones and flings it and zaps Goliath right between the eyes and knocks him dead and he becomes victorious. At that point, the Philistines take off as they're, they're like, oh no, there's no way we're going to actually be slaves here. But the story of the battle is so interesting. Here's this little guy against this big giant. And it's part of our mythology to imagine and wonder what that would have been like. Uh, what it's like to take down the giants. You know, the whole uh, David and Goliath story is an interesting one because it, it, it invites us to think about times when we might have been a David, when we might have been perceived to be a giant over another person, having power over, we assume. Or when we've been a, uh, a David, when we've been up against all odds, but we used our own creativity, our own wisdom, our own understanding, our own tools uh, to, to defeat the giant. So this battle is going on. And I think there's something about this great story that that is part of our life. Um, there's lots of times when we have encountered or experienced uh, what it's like in our world to see people uh, in our movies, where you see, you know, the the weak guy against the giant, and we're kind of cheering for the weak guy to come through. Some in the environmental movement will look at somebody like Greta Thunberg and say she is like a David against the the Donald Trumps of the world against the corporations, against the governments that are refusing to pay, it, pay attention to climate change, that she's kind of like that. I wonder in Canada whether somebody like uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould, uh, who is an indigenous uh, liberal, liberal uh, member of parliament coming against somebody like Justin Trudeau and all the institutional politics of that, whether she was like a David against a Goliath you know, when I think of the story of the people of India, Mahatma Gandhi, clearly, if you watch that movie, is this tiny little man up against the British Empire, taking it down and, and uh, acting in a very simple way as a David against Goliath. Or even if you think of the news more recently in the past year, who have been the, 
the Davids against the Goliaths. Uh, certainly a year ago, George Floyd, although he was a big man, was was one whose uh, life and death, uh, I can't breathe when he goes up against the uh, police and is actually murdered uh, because the police officer went to jail for the murder of George Floyd. What, but what, what that black death did to the, the whole uh, Goliath of police enforcement. Uh, there's many opportunities to think about this. In my uh, office, I have a picture of uh, the unnamed so, uh, man, a little man uh, in a white shirt and a gym bag up against the people of China's government against uh, violence in Tiananmen Square. And he for sure is a David against the tank of uh, anti-democracy movement in Tiananmen Square. In our culture, in our lives, we have many of these stories where we can imagine the David against the giant Goliath. And that story is uh, an archetypal myth. Uh, Joseph Campbell in the, in the story, The Power of Myth, will talk about that, that these myths are what inspire us in our life. You know, I, I, when I think about Jesus, I, I think Jesus was like David. Jesus was... Uh, born in the house of David in Bethlehem, the house of bread. But Jesus was a, well, we never know what he really looks like, but I imagine, what if he was like David, the, the small man up against the large uh, oppressive uh, powers of the day? Uh, Jesus was the one who, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, climbs up the mountain, and instead of talking about power as power over, talks about vulnerability, about the meek inheriting the earth and peacemakers uh, inheriting the earth. Uh, and those who grieve are uh, loved and held. You know, he holds up a power of weakness and vulnerability that's actually strength. Or when you uh, hear Jesus uh, in stories talk about uh, who's most important, and people think that it's those who have power of education or wealth, and Jesus takes a vulnerable child and says, unless you become like these, you won't inherit the kingdom of God, that sort of innocence and vulnerability of a child. Or when the, the big crowd is about to stone the, the couple, but really it's stoning the woman who is caught in the act of adultery. You know, when they're all shining their, their stones to take her down, Jesus just steps in quietly into the circle and says, whoever was out, is without sin, you go ahead, throw the first stone. And all you hear is the dropping of the stones. And in a sense of him reminding people that all of us sin and all of us make mistakes and an invitation to look in the mirror brings a new way of forgiveness and compassion and understanding toward another. And that was a, a David moment against the violence of the crowd. So I wonder if Jesus was like a David. Uh, Jesus was like the one who, who come again, came against all the powers and principalities and through his wisdom and through his call to love others uh, and call towards a, an understanding of forgiveness and new beginning, invited people to a new way of living. I don't know, I, I kind of think Jesus was kind of like David against Goliath. Some might say, well, we're living, John, in 2021, we've just come through the biggest uh, Goliath globally in the pandemic. And maybe the pandemic has been uh, like a David and Goliath battle, or certainly people who experience uh, racism and sexism, Islamophobia, homophobia, who come up against the powers and principalities who've held it for so long 
and held it over, it feels like you're a David against Goliath trying to bring a sense of leveling of the field and a sense of common understanding against these powers and principalities that we face. So there's something about that David and Goliath story that I love because it invites us into the story. It invites us to connect and know that that each of us uh, at different times in our life are a David or a Goliath. Who are you uh, really? And when we enter in with our own understanding of our own capabilities like David did using the tools that we each have, we sense, get it into a sense of empowerment. You know, when I think about that, I, I think about the, the willingness to step into the arena. And there's lots of people who step into the arena of the soccer game or the swimming pool or the cricket match or the baseball game. And, and there's something about us that loves to watch that kind of entertainment and be part of it. But there's also a sense in, in which really stepping into the arena is all we're asked to do. And David in this story says, I, I go in the name of God and I know God goes with me. And I wonder if he has a sense in his own heart and mind that just stepping into the arena uh, with what he had and who he was and trusting in God was enough to give him the courage and strength uh, and willingness to go to battle. And I kind of think that's the way we all are, that God is the one who will be with us in the valleys, in the battles, uh, will inspire and encourage us to go to battle. And, and in doing so, we aren't alone. I guess the willingness to step in is all we're asked to do. And that's what Brene Brown invites us to and calls us to in her books, calling us to have courage. Core is the heart, courage of the heart to step into the battle. Brene Brown in her book, Daring Greatly says these words, when we spend our lives waiting until we're perfect or bulletproof before we walk into the arena, we ultimately sacrifice our relationship and opportunities that may not be recoverable. We squander our precious time and we turn our backs on our gifts. These are the unique contributions that only we can make. She says, really, daring greatly is stepping into the arena. And that's what David did against Goliath. And that's what we're called to do, to step into the arena of life, trusting that we don't do it alone. So as we journey into this new week uh, and this summertime, and we think about stories of old and think of our role in them, I hope you'll consider uh, when you've been a David or maybe when you felt like you were a Goliath. Uh, when you went to battle for someone, for yourself, for something that mattered to you. And may we know and trust that when we step in with an open heart and mind, uh, God journeys with us. Uh, whether it's we're victorious or where we're defeated, God is present to us. And our truest self is all we are asked to live. May God be with us as we journey. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.